Welcome back to the Lash Business Lounge. I am your host, Lauren Lappin, and this is the place where we talk all things lash and beauty business related. Hello and welcome back to the Lash Business Lounge. Today, I have got a little bit of a request that I'm going to discuss for you guys. So uh, a few weeks back, I popped a little question box on my stories on Instagram and just asking if there was anything in particular that you wanted to hear me talk about on the podcast. And one that was, I think about three or four people actually said how to transition from a home salon to a commercial salon. So I thought that that was quite a good topic. It is a fairly broad topic though, so I'm probably not going to go into like the real nitty gritty of it. And there's also no set process really. So I will tell you how I did it, even though it was almost eight years ago now that I did it, but not much has changed in that time in, in the general process that you would go through. But You know, when I decided to go into a commercial space, it was because I was really sick of people coming to my home, (laughs) honestly. (laughs) I, I wanted to really separate work and business. And I also wanted to be seen as a professional because I knew I was a professional, but sometimes I feel that I got treated like I wasn't. People wanting to, you know, haggle on price and things like that and people showing up, you know, really early for their appointments because they think that I'm just sitting around doing nothing waiting for them. Or on the other end of the scale, they would show up really late because they didn't realise I ran my business really professionally and, you know, booked all my clients back to back. So, yeah, and I, I didn't really have a great setup at home either. So people actually had to come through my front door and they had to walk through my living area, my dining room, past the kitchen into the spare room. And it wasn't really an ideal setup. If I had have wanted to stay at home for longer, I think I probably would have purpose built a salon at the back of my house or built a house with a salon with a separate entrance and things like that. So I I probably would have done it that way, but I knew that I wasn't going to stay in that house forever. Um, I knew that I I wanted to be really separate for work and home life. But yeah, so that is the reason why I decided to, and I was very, very busy. So I was consistently booked out, you know, maybe a week or two in advance with clients from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. every weeknight and usually most of the day on Saturday as well. Oh, and I did have my kids in daycare on Thursdays and Fridays. So I was working nearly all day on those days as well. So, um, and I was pretty consistently booked. So I was making at least $1,500 to $2,000 a week total revenue working from home. And so I knew that I could afford rent. Uh, So I started looking at a real commercial website, which is, yeah, like, real estate for commercial properties, trying to see, suss out what was available in my local area. And I did make a mistake here, like not a big mistake, but I guess I really felt that I was going to be working on my own for a long time, like probably two years. So I picked a commercial property that was only 31 metres squared. 
Now, 31 metres squared is quite small. So I could only fit, I think I, f- I had two rooms, reception area, a little prep room at the back of the salon where I had all my supplies and a microwave and a fridge and stuff. And I also had a spray tanning cubicle. So I could fit all that. I'm very lucky. My husband's an engineer and he he designed the floor plan and we were able to fit all that in. But I couldn't have any more than myself and one staff member working there. So I did end up getting my first staff member within, I think, three months of me starting. I had to advertise. I needed someone because I was booked out six weeks in advance. I didn't even have a spare 15 minutes. So I really needed someone. And then, yeah, one room was set up for waxing and the other was set up for manis and petties both services that I don't offer anymore more in my business. But, um, you know, we were swapping rooms around and it was just a pain in the ass. And it was really only purpose built for me. So I wasn't thinking big at that time. And uh, yeah, so that, that was a, a little bit of a mistake on my part. So perhaps if I had have believed in myself a little bit more and realised my potential, I think I probably would have chosen a larger space And I could have saved a bit of money by, you know, staying in that space for a few more years because we really outgrew it very, very quickly. At about 18 months into that lease, I needed to go and look elsewhere for a bigger shop because my business was growing so fast and we we just couldn't keep up. We were booked out again six weeks in, in advance, me and my team member, but I couldn't grow because I physically had no space. Uh, So, yeah. We we got a bigger salon there's uh, about 70 square metres. And I look, I would love an even bigger space, honestly, but I bought the building <laughs> that my salon's currently in. So, uh, you know, and I'm not, I'm not keen on um, moving again out of, out of the building that I own. So, yeah, I should have looked for somewhere bigger. So perhaps really have a big think about your plans for growth and how big you want to go. It is a risk, yes, but nothing nothing in business happens without some level of risk. So if you work on your own and you're not immediately going to hire staff, I would perhaps look at, you know, nothing smaller than 50 square metres, 50, 60 square metres, even though that's way too big for just one person you know, you've got that room there for growth. So if you can afford it, if you can afford rent of somewhere slightly bigger, I would recommend that you do take that path because it costs a lot of money to pull down the fit out of the salon, the small salon. Well, obviously we we paid for the fit out to start with and then all that money was wasted, I guess. Or not wasted, we used it for two years, but you know, we had to pull it all down and it's just money. And then I, I had to, you know, spend more money fitting out my new salon. So it was very expensive moving. So yeah, I would recommend just going all in and going for somewhere a little bit bigger. Once you have found a space that you want to go with, uh, you need to start negotiating the terms of the lease with the real estate and the landlord. So Sometimes you can negotiate the price of the rent. Perhaps if the building's been vacant for quite a while, they might uh, reduce it or maybe reduce it for a certain amount of time, uh, maybe the first 12 months or something like that. Uh, You can negotiate a rent-free period 
for when you are completing your fit out. So maybe the first one or two months will be free rent. They're important things to think about. And sometimes too, the landlord is willing to contribute to the cost of the fit out as well. So when I went into my first salon, I actually negotiated with the real estate and landlord that, you know, they were going to put a hot water system in for me because there was no hot water system in there. And in New South Wales, if you're doing skin penetration, which is waxing, you have to have hot water. So they put that in. I think they put new light fittings in. They, I think they patched the walls for me. They pulled the carpet up, the old disgusting carpet in there. And the shop front had a roller door, but they changed it to a glass frontage for me uh, with a with a swinging proper size door. So, you know, I was able to negotiate all that into my lease, which was great. Uh, so there were things that I didn't have to pay for that I didn't need to contribute to the fit out. So uh, you can negotiate things like that. So it's always worth trying. Then obviously you need to sort of start planning your fit out and working out how much you're going to need. So obviously it, it's pretty hard to, you know, have a budget in mind before you find a retail space to go into because you don't sort of know what size you're going to be needing or what's going to actually, you know, it could be a shop that you end up getting that is bare bones, like it has absolutely nothing. Or it could be a shop that's already, maybe it was a salon beforehand or a hair salon or something that you can quickly and easily convert. So obviously you'll need money to do your fit out or you can save or you can borrow it from a bank depending what your situation is. But yeah, it's usually you need to find a space before you start planning the floor plan and what your fit out's going to be. And you can kind of, you know, I definitely always would recommend having like a Pinterest board happening, like for inspiration and things like that, like colours and, uh, you know, furniture and reception desks and, and light fittings and things like that. You know, you can have inspiration so you're prepared, but you can't actually work on the floor plan and, and exactly what you're doing and how much money it's going to cost until you actually have the, the space that you're going to go with. So once you do that, obviously, it's organising trades to come in and do your fit out for you or you might do it yourself depending on your situation and how much money you're going to spend. Uh, you'll need to probably get some new furniture for your waiting area and reception desks and things like that. It just depends how your setup from home was. You know, mine was fairly basic. I just had a bed in a room with a nail table and, you know, I didn't have a reception counter or anything like that. But perhaps some of you that are a little bit more sophisticated in their home setups might have a lot more equipment and a, a reception counter and things like that already that you can just move into the new salon. So, you know, you need to decide on all of those things. Uh, you also need to think about your signage as well. So that's another trade that you'll need to organise. So, and you might need approval from the council for your signage, but you definitely will need approval from the council uh, for your construction and fit out. Usually like a change of use, I think, uh, needs to be done through council and you'll also need if you're doing waxing or nails or anything like that that fall under skin penetration you'll need to get a health inspection from the council so you'll just need to do all that paperwork but just check with your local council exactly what's involved before you start they'll give you really good information to go off because every local council is different and the guidelines can differ from area to area i 
recommend that you set a firm opening date so that you actually get the work done. If you're anything like me, I'm a little bit of a procrastinator. I don't like it, but I certainly work a little bit better under pressure. And I know that a lot of you out there too also work a lot better under pressure. So if you have an opening date, you have something to work towards and it's really cool as well to uh, think about having some sort of opening night, like a party for your best clients and, you know, your family and friends and the people that have helped you along the way. I really like to, you know, reward people. I'm I'm actually refitting my salon this year. And even though we've been open for a long time, um, we will be closed for a couple of weeks to complete the fit out. And I really want to celebrate with a little bit of a party. So, it's a really great chance to sh- invite your clients in and spend some time with them, you know, outside of the normal way that you would spend time with them, uh, you know, and have some champagne and stuff. It, it's really fun and it's really great content for socials as well. A lot of people as well, you know, when they've gone into a shop, I, I really want to be taken on that journey as an audience member. So, it's really great to document everything. Don't forget to document everything along the way. Because in years to come, you'll want to look back as well at the journey. You know, before and after photos, before and after videos. I wish that I had taken so many more photos when I was completing the fit out of my salon, you know, or me standing out the front or something like that. There were just so many things that I forgot to do. (laughs) And, you know, looking back on the few photos that I have, whenever I repost them on my Instagram, actually uh, this week, Uh, marked six years in my new salon and it came up in my Snapchat memory. It was me finishing up at 2.34am the night before opening. (laughs) And I share that again on, on our Instagram account. And, you know, our audience just love it. They love to see, you know, how the salon used to look because I've changed it so many bloody times since then, you know, to allow for growth and getting rid of, niching down our offering, getting rid of services. But yeah, document the journey, share it on your stories every day. You know, we're all very voyeuristic. Uh, We want to see what's going on behind the scenes. And it just gets your clients and your potential new clients really, really excited for what's to come. So, really make sure you document the process on your socials and just for yourself as well to look back at how far you've come. So, that's, you know, that's not a really super comprehensive list. There might be some other things that you do, you know, you might rebrand, you might, you know, change your business name, perhaps. Uh, You might just be Lashes by Lauren at home, but, you know, because you're growing and you are going into a commercial space, you might change your salon name to something different that doesn't have your name in it. Uh, So, that means new logo, perhaps a redo of your website, a uniform, it needs to be all designed and, and organised before you go in as well. You know, you might have new treatments in your salon that you need to do training and buy equipment for and things like that. There's a lot of other things that can go into that list, but that's just the basic timeline of what you would need to do to transition from a home salon to a commercial space. And the most important one that a lot of people forget And it's the easiest one. It won't take you very long, but it's to put your prices up. Now, this often gets overlooked and it's not good because obviously now you are going to have 
much, much, much higher overheads. So you've got your rent, obviously, for a start. You've got, you know, building insurance, all of that. You know, you've got a whole separate electricity account, you know, perhaps gas as well, water, outgoings. Yeah, it's a fairly comprehensive list. And this is the best time to put your prices up because your clients expect it. So obviously, home prices were home prices. Now we're now we're in the big leagues, we're in a commercial space, we can charge a lot more. So you need to put your prices up from day dot. As soon as you open your doors in the new salon, they need to go up. So please don't forget because you do not want to be charging your old prices and then have way bigger costs because your profit margin is going to go right down very low. And you're going to wonder why you ever decided to go into a commercial space in the first place. So please don't forget to raise your prices once you start in your bigger space. So that is all I've got for you today, guys. I hope you enjoyed this topic and found it valuable. If you have anything you want uh, me to talk about in particular, please don't hesitate to reach out on Instagram. You can send me a DM. My Instagram handle is Lauren Lappin underscore L-A-U-R-E-N-L-A-P-P-I-N underscore on Instagram and yeah, reach out, send me a DM, let me know what you want to hear me talk about. <laughs>